Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. There is absolutely no truth to the rumor that I got caught in Rams Super Bowl parade traffic. Ha <laughs> uh. I can't tell whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that the Rams Super Bowl parade is so sparsely attended, right? Like, on the good part to it, it's like, yeah, I, I, it, there's the arrogance of, hey, we don't even care that much, and we still win championships. On the other hand, it's like, it, it, you spend a lot of money, built a $5 billion stadium, spent a billion dollars during this season to make St. Louis go away, and, yay, we won the championship in... I th- I think people care a lot more about legacy for Matt Stafford and maybe Sean McVay than they do for the actual actual team. But whatever, I'm not a Rams fan. I but I've, I've I told people like this is what happens. The the Rams were an Orange County team the last 15 years of their existence, and uh, there are some tried and true like John Ramos Rams fans. My boy Miles Simon's a huge Rams fan. Hey, but for the most part, L.A. became it's always been a Raiders town and a Cowboys town, and then a bit of Niners now with some influence, and USC. And the Rams and then the Chargers are a massive afterthought, but not just because they hadn't been around, but the Chargers were a rival of the Raiders, frankly. So there's some explanation for it. I mean, it's one of those deals where I, I almost feel, I had a buddy say, you know, LeBron's idea of the three-team parade might have been a good one. It's was like, what, so people don't show up for any of the parades? Because that one feels like it didn't happen. It really does. Maybe it's because they're so bad right now, but it feels like that one didn't happen. Uh, speaking of the NBA, have you seen this from Jake Fishner of uh, Bleacher Report? The the divorce, um, the the divorce is final between the Nets, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Right. But the quotes that come out about it, the details, the devil is always in the details. From his report and Bleacher Report, quote, Kevin and James had a cold war going on the last several months that made everyone miserable. One person with knowledge of the situation said, Durant was disappointing in the poor conditioning Harden sported during early Nets practices. As winter arrived, Nets personnel started telling rival team uh, contacts of the troubling dynamic between Durant and Harden, venting during social gather- gatherings and pregame activities. Harden's poor conditioning uh, didn't help his slow adjustment to the NBA's new foul changes. Durant and Nash both wanted a free-flowing offense, which Mike D'Antoni helped install last season, but Harden preferred his patient, pa- patented iso ball. Brooklyn's coaches noticed Harden would roll his eyes when after a timeout was designed for Kevin Durant, sources said. Look, I, I've said this a million times, and I'll say it a million more. James Harden is a marvelously talented player. He can score. He can score at three levels. That's three mid, mid-range, although he doesn't shoot a ton of mid-range. And at the rim, he knows how to get fouled. He's a tremendous passer. 
I don't like watching him play basketball, and he would be frustrating as hell to play with him. He he doesn't pay defense, and he doesn't show up in great shape, and his style of play requires requires the officials calling fouls, which they don't do for him once they get into the playoffs, and they've stopped doing in the regular season. I'm sorry. I'm going to side with the guy who is consi- widely considered the best player in the game, is a two-time NBA champion, a two-time finals MVP, and he wasn't perfect with the Warriors. He wasn't. He was a the, he was the most ball stopper of the ball stoppers. All right, but <laughs> he's accomplished more than James Harden, and no one has ever, ever accused Kevin Durant of not being the hardest worker on a team. The, the work ethic thing bothered, bothered Russell Westbrook in Houston, and it clearly bothers Kevin Durant. And what's fascinating about it is that's two straight teammates, Westbrook and Durant, who the second time around didn't enjoy being, team, didn't enjoy being teammates with them. If, if any of these things were a bit off or a bit bizarre or out of left field, or that, then I would think about Durant. I've heard people, you know, say, well, Durant's a hard one to coach. Of course he's hard to coach. He's hard to coach. But he's about the right things, and I think he's uh, – look, Durant's got to be sitting there going, man, I love Golden State for this. How, how about – did you see what happened to Philly last night? Oh, Did you guys watch that game at all last night? Philadelphia got beat by – it felt like 100. It was one of those – so my eyes have gotten a little bit bad. So I was actually, true story, at a Buffalo Wild Wings last night. I was watching all these games. Me and my son, Hayes, and uh, my buddy, Nick. And we're all watching hoop games. We're watching that uh, Villanova beat Providence at Providence. Uh, Texas needed overtime to beat Oklahoma. And then we're watching this Philadelphia game, and I was like, hey, my eyes are bad. Is that 138 to 85? Like, yeah, that's the score. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a hardened guy. There's nothing that's going to convince me to be a hardened guy because nothing that I've heard is, is anything different than what I see. He's never in good shape. He's constantly complaining about getting fouls. He doesn't play good defense. It's hard to play with. And though really talented, I'm not diminishing in any way from how good he is. I can't watch the way, how much he dribbles the ball. Not fun. Not fun at all. Um, okay, so I got to give a quick shout out to the uh, highway patrolman in Colorado who pulled me over. And I, I, he didn't technically make me late for the show. Jay Stu, are you okay with me telling this story? Because this is the, the real deal story. Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear the details myself. So, yeah, I want to hear it. Okay, so I, I'm pretty good about... I usually take a red eye or travel day of the game, but there's an early flight and I got in three hours, three, almost three and a half hours before we were supposed to be here. And when you're flying, I'm in Colorado Springs, the Air Force Academy. They're so nice. I'm right now I'm above their hockey uh, arena, which is in the same building as Clune Arena, where they play the basketball game tonight on Fox Sports 1. So when you fly into, you can fly into Colorado Springs, but the nonstops, the times don't work. And... Um, Colorado Springs Airport is on the other side of Colorado Springs. 
So it's almost 40 minutes from here to the airport. Whereas from here to Denver's airport, it's a little bit more than 50 minutes. So you're better off flying in the hub, flying into Denver's airport. So I fly into Denver's airport. I choose to fly a day of. And I landed um, three hours. So that would be noon Eastern time, nine o'clock West Coast time, 10 local. So it took forever. I, I usually, I'll just tell you, usually I'm with National, but they have no cars. But when you have elite status, you don't need a reservation. You just go and get in a car and drive out. Well, I go and get in a car and drive out. They're like, yes, yeah, sir, that's usually the case. But you're going to have to go back and park that car. We don't have any cars, any cars. Like, that's funny. I'm in a car. Anyway, I had to walk three quarters of a mile to a different rental car company, which let's just say um, blank and sense is there. So I had a quick reservation made. I go down there and the line literally is out the door. So I go next door to a different rental car company after trying to get an earlier spot in line. I should just gone. Got a car rental. Boom, I'm out of it. So now it's about, I got about a 15-minute window of getting here, getting set up. It probably would have been less. But I'm, I'm jamming pretty good here. I'm in a 75. And... Uh, people, I, we're raising a generation of people that don't understand the fast lane. And so a little bit of it was, uh, there was a yellow Mustang that was in my way and was going like 55 in a 75 and just cruising along. And like, I was kind of boxed in. Finally, it pulls to the side. So I punch it to, you know, like, I don't know, keep it nine, nine above the speed limit. Right. And I hit, I go over a hill and I come down and. Yeah, I was going 94 to 75. So the gentleman pulls me over. I pull right over. He said, man, do you didn't even see me? I go, yeah, I didn't. I'm sorry. The rental car thing, and I'm just running late. I got a radio show to do. He's like, well, I'll get you on your way quickly. I need your license and your registration. So when he says get you on your way quickly, he couldn't have been nicer. And I was polite, and I you know, made sure to keep my hands where you could see him, and here's my light. Right? When he said I'll get you on your way quickly, it did give me a little bit of hope. Right, Jay Stu, that's that's not that's reasonable to say. Well, maybe he's just going to check out, make sure you know that my driver's license is up to date, and then he'll go. Ha! Just slow it down. We'll see you down the road. Right? Sounds like it. Maybe even an escort. Since you're maybe, on the radio. Well, I have gotten a police escort here before. No such luck. No such luck. And no matter how much they think they're speeding up the process, the process is not fast. And then he said, and he was very, very nice. He's like, man, what stations your show on here locally? I was like, I, I don't know. Do you have Sirius? I, I don't know our Denver affiliate. You can listen on the app. I'm giving all the details. It's like, but you might not hear me at the start of the show because you pulled me over. <laughs> and he goes, yes, but you were speeding. I go, I'm not denying that I was speeding, but you also didn't have to give me a ticket. So I have a ticket to go along with my happiness. Yes, John Robinson. When you get a ticket in another state like that, since you live in California. Does it count against your points? Yeah, and do you have to, I mean, you don't have to show up there, but how does it work when you have to do it in another state? Like, not that you've done this before, before but is, do you know how that works? Like, do you, have, you don't have to show up in Colorado now to, to do anything with this, right? Just pay it and if you move wanna, on? If you want to challenge it, you do. Yeah. Okay. 
one challenger you do. So if you don't, he's like, look, it's four points, but if you send in the money before this time, it's two points. I'm like, two points my license? Like, damn, it's a killer. Uh, yeah, not, not good. Not good. So if anybody knows any uh, county mounties and they want to find a way to get those points off my license, I gladly, you know, I'll figure it out. Not his fault. I was speeding, but one of those, uh, one of those deals, one of those deals. <sighs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific on Fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio getting ready for the Daytona 500 and a guy who has accomplished essentially everything in the sport, right? There's just one last hill to climb. And it's not that he hasn't won at the track. He just hasn't won the Super Bowl of NASCAR. It's Kyle Busch. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How's it going? Good. Um, before we get to Daytona, I want to talk about L.A. Uh, you were running so well. What was that like? What was the setup like from your perspective? I mean, I thought everything went fairly well. Um, you know, it was kind of an unknown and untrenched territory for our sport and what we've done in the past 40 years. I think the last time we ran at a track smaller than a half mile was like 1971 or something like that. So, uh, you know, with this new car coming out, the next gen, and, and having the opportunities of the differences that it has as, you know, with what it's built, um, it lended itself to a great race. I thought everybody did a really good job, NASCAR especially, and, and the city of L.A., uh, putting that on for us and having the opportunity to go out there right in the middle of smack downtown L.A. to yeah. to have an NASCAR race. I thought it was fun. All right. What happened to your tires? <laughs> I smoked them. Uh, just ran them too hard, I guess, you know. So uh, I think we're going to kind of see that as the nature of the game with this, with this new car and, and what we learn with it as the season goes on with, um, you know, the, the cars have less downforce on them, so they're going to be more reliant on the mechanical grip of the car, which, you know, obviously where the rubber meets the road is the tire. And, uh, you know, we're all going to have to figure out what what all that is now and how to take care of them things. Yeah, I mean, that that probably kept you away from from winning the thing. Okay, so um, we we take those same kind of questions. Now, how much, I mean, it's such a completely different setup at Daytona. So how do you you evaluate the tires for this track with a new car? Yeah, like you said, it's entirely different. I mean, a quarter mile to a two and a half mile. I mean, we just we just went from the smallest to the second biggest. So, um, you know, way different aspect, obviously, with the Daytona track and being in the draft and running 200 miles an hour and all that sort of stuff. So different game plan. Um, you know, the tires are, are entirely different as well, too, with their compound and construction and how they're made uh, for going 200 miles an hour versus going, you know, 100 miles an hour at the short track. You know, you've been asked this question a bunch this week, so I don't feel bad asking it. I mean, look, you finished second to Denny a couple years ago, um, but and you've won at this track, right? There's been there, there's been other races that you won, but in terms of winning Daytona five the Daytona five hundred, mentally, like how do you how do you process that? Right? You've you've done so many things in this sport, had so much success, and yet here's this last kind of hill to climb. But I'm, I, I just wonder about the mentality of how that, if you allow that to creep in to your prep and even when you're racing this weekend. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got to do what you got to do when it comes down to the end of the race. And, you know, I've had a couple opportunities to where maybe if I'd done one or two things differently, we would have won this race before. But that's not the case. So this is a new fresh time uh, this year, starting out with the next-gen car, but also 
um, the start of every year is our biggest race of the year. So it's a new chance to be able to go out there and get the job done. So, um, you know, this place here, about anybody can win. So really it kind of lends itself to that strategy on every driver where they all come in here thinking they can they can win or have a shot to win. And so it makes the competition a bit stiffer um, and everybody pushing way harder than at some other places we go to. So uh, a lot of luck involved, a um, little bit of skill involved, but uh, being in the right place at the right time is certainly where it matters most. Kyle Busch joining us here, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Trader, getting ready for the Daytona 500, which, of course, you can see on Fox. Feels like we're completely back to normal in terms of COVID. Obviously, you're coming out of L.A. That's one of the more restrictive areas, but now going back to Florida. But from your, it's been a weird kind of two years. Um, as you know, you guys kept it going when everything else was shut down. You guys are really the first ones back. Now you're back. Fans are back. Does it feel like we're back to where we were a couple years ago? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, this place is going to be sold out here at the Daytona 500. There's uh, there's standing room only, apparently, I guess. So uh, a lot of people are going to be around. But like you said, you know, California was a little bit of a, a limited area. Uh, but Florida's wide open. So it's going to be fun to see, um, you know, full grandstands and everybody here and, you know, enjoying the, the start of our NASCAR season. And, of course, looking forward to hopefully being able to carry that momentum through the year. Uh, we got our West Coast swing, you know, week two, three, four. And then, um, you know, the, the real season uh, gets down and, and into the grind. Yeah, it should be, should be awesome. Okay, so you wear these nasal strips while you're racing? Like, does it – I've always wondered, does it legit help? And, you know, you're, you're, in a, you're in NASCAR. It's 140 degrees up in there sometimes. Okay, so does this really <laughs> help when you put these nasal strips on? Yeah, so the Breathe Right nasal strips, um, you know, really do help me. They help me take in air more easily and breathe better, uh, especially under my helmet. You know, obviously when you're in the confines of a tight helmet, your visor down, you've got the air tube that hooks to the top and it's, it's throwing some air in there. But, you know, there's not much that you're getting through your mouth, so it's best to be, breathe through your nose, and it definitely helps me be able to do that. So, um, you know, they're not just for snoring or nasal congestion. You know, they help you breathe better about anywhere, especially at 200 miles an hour like we're going to be going this weekend here in Daytona. So, um, you know, it's been fun to have the partnership with them. I've used them um, a lot over the years. And, um, you know, being the number one pharmacist recommended nasal strip and, and getting their name out there a little bit more, I, I use them racing. I use them working out. I use them when I sleep. So um, it's a good thing I'm not buying them anymore. They can send me a package. <laughs> it's part, it's part, part of the deal. Okay, so just, just one for the entire race, or do you switch it out at some point in time? Because you, you have your gloves on and everything. How, how many nasals, uh, Breathe Right nasal strips do you rock when you're racing the Daytona 500? Yeah, I don't, I'll, I'll put one on right before the race, right before we get in the car and put the helmet on. So I just use one throughout the entire event. So, um, you know, in the hot, sweaty months of the year, sometimes, um, you know, I've got to do some – some scientific measures with some uh, some alcohol wipes and stuff like that to get them to stick and stay stuck for the whole race. But other than that, man, it's uh, it's one and done. We get it on. I know you got to run. Just the question for all your fans out there who know you have a you got a good obviously got a good setup. And like I said, you want to win this race. Who doesn't want to? And anyone can the super speedway. But if there's one thing you're kind of trying to focus on, um, you know, in terms of process in this race for your car, what is it? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is just trying to stay out of trouble. Um, you know, with this new car, I think a lot of guys are going to have some mixed emotions on it and some not-so-clear feelings about what you're supposed to feel in this thing. So 
hopefully we can keep our nose clean, stay out of trouble, um, not get ourselves tore up. But as you come down to the last race, man, I, I've, I've seen it I don't know how many times. You could be leading the race and get crashed while leading. Um, you can be the guy in fourth place and, and miss the wreck and win the race, you know. So I don't think there is a safe spot to be. It's just going to be a matter of how it all comes down. Um, exit of turn four, coming back to the checker flag. Well, as, as long as you end up with checker flag, it doesn't really matter. We, we wish you the best of luck. Can't wait to see you ultimately win this thing. And thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate you. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Game time is brought to you by Hustler Turf, a brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business and for us, Weekend Joes, Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Let's get to a game. Game time! This Fire. is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Beyer, what do you got? Doug, the game today is... Real news, fake news. All right, real news or fake news that Deshaun Watson is eyeing the Raiders and Steelers as possible destinations as he tries to get out of Houston. Uh, Real news. You are fake news. The teams mentioned in an ESPN report by Jeremy Fowler were that Watson right now has his eye on the Vikings and the Buccaneers as possible landing spots. Well, Buccaneers, I mean... That's a that's a that's a definite maybe. Uh, don't see it with the Vikings. How are they going to get out of Kirk Cousins' deal? They owe him so much money. So he's only got one year left on his deal. So I understand, but you can't pay both of them, and you can't move it. You if you move him the way the contract is structured, you still are going to foot the bill for dead cap money. I'm talking about Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying that Minnesota wouldn't do that in a heartbeat. I'm just saying, how are you going to do it? Right. Sure. I mean, he'd have to have a. Ma- I don't even know if there's a massive contract uh, construction. And oh yeah, by the way, Minnesota have to give up a bunch of draft picks in order to get him, and that team is anything but a well-oiled machine. You got a new GM. Is is that what he believes in? That that would be interesting. Real news or fake news, Doug? Arch Manning is down to two schools as he decides where he wants to play his college football. I thought it was three. I'm going to go fake news. You are fake news. It is fake news. There was a report that uh, he was down to two schools, but his dad, Cooper Manning, has said that is not the case, making the comments to 24-7 Sports. Now, the schools likely still in play for Arch, who's in the class of 2023, are Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, Texas, and you can add Florida and LSU to that list, according to reports. Yeah, he's... Uh... And and the the promise I don't understand the promises of like nil money. N- not that everybody doesn't need more money and want more money, but does a Manning kid really pick his school based upon nil? I don't know. I mean, St. Louis built uh, their landmark for him. Maybe you should go there. <laughs> Arch, funny. get it? Come on, anyone? Anyone? Sounds like Arch doesn't want that Big Ten heat either. Jeez. Doesn't want the Big Ten smoke. (laughs) Does not want it. Real news or fake news, Zion Williamson may need another surgery on his injured foot. 
I'm going to go fake news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. That was a report from the New Orleans Times-Picune who says, yeah, possibly another procedure uh, for Zion as he has yet to play this season, dealing with a variety of setbacks, and those setbacks may force another operation. Hmm. That's not good. Um, it is it is more normally think Kevin Durant needed another surgery when he broke his fifth metatarsal. Remember on his foot. And if you've seen photos of him recently, it does look like Zion Williamson is in good shape. But every time he's in good shape, he breaks something. Something breaks in his foot or his ankle. So that that's a a problem. Real news or fake news? The United States is now second in total medals at the Winter Olympics. Uh, real news. You are fake news. Fourth right now. Fourth. Uh, Norway number one. The Russian Olympic Committee are uh, number two with 24. And then I believe uh, Germany three and the United States four. I say I believe Germany because I wrote down the top two and I just forgot the third place team. But I'm pretty sure it's Germany at three. Canada sitting there right now in fifth at uh, 18 medals. Our real news are fake news, Doug. The par 4 11th hole at Augusta National will play 10 yards longer than the par 5 13th hole for the 2022 Masters. Is that real news or fake news? Real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it, it has been done before. Not that common, though, that a par 4 would be longer than a par 5, but that's what you get at Augusta. Obviously, the par 5 13th, one of the classic holes, is there. They extended number 11 back about 20 yards, now making it 10 yards longer than the 13th hole. Those two holes making a part of Amen Corner. And finally, Doug, real news or fake news, John Ramos a little sluggish today after Suzanne's birthday celebration. Is that real news that or sounds fake like real, news? That sounds They're like real. That sounds like real. Oh, real news. I did not know the answer to that one. I left it to the uh, to the man himself to weigh in on the, uh, the post- Suzanne celebration. Well, Doug, Suzanne gets double duty because she's got Valentine's Day, and then I have to come back for her birthday the very next day. So it's, and she always tells me, John, they're two separate days. So it's double a, duty. Yeah. I thought he was going somewhere else with that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where, but I just thought he was going somewhere else. That's yeah. game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Double double duty. John, that's that's John's new nickname is Double Duty. <laughs> Call him Double du- Double Duty. Um, looks like the looks like the victory parade picked up right, and it's pretty good right around the col- right around where they're actually having the uh, all the speeches. But yeah, it's hit or miss otherwise. So, I I think it's funny. Like all these other cities are freaking out, like. Yeah, you st- you still didn't win a championship. I don't understand. They don't give championships just because you want it more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. I mean, it's not my team. I'm not super into it, but I I'm also I just I don't really understand the victory parade guy. I mean, I I but you knew they had a good if, if you pick location near the where the homeless are, you'd have good better attendance than this. I guess that's my thing. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every single day from sunny Southern California. Today, not so much. Today, uh, I'm in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, where uh, we're waiting on a little snowstorm. I'm waiting on a basketball game you can check out on Fox Sports 1. 
Uh, John Ramos just did some double duty last couple days with his, with Valentine's Day and then his wife's birthday yesterday. He survived. We also have um, the Rams parade update. Can I get a Rams parade update? Let's go on the ones. Let's go live to Dan Beyer and Jason Stewart for our Rams parade update. What do you got, man? I got a carrot in my mouth right now. <laughs> I'll take it from here, Dan. Uh, weather on the wands. No. Um, yeah, I, I think you summed it up pretty well last time, Doug. Like I, The actual parade part was kind of sketchy. There were there were crowds here and there, and I think that was like the, the part that the Rams were sweating, like the parade route and let's shorten this up and get to the celebrations. Because once they got to the Coliseum, it looked packed and it looked great. I mean, the, the, the visuals are good. So aesthetically, it looked good. What do you think, Dan? Carrots aren't easy to chew quickly. <laughs> Still on carrot duty. Dan Byer, John Ramos. Uh, I, it, it was fine with me. I enjoyed it. Byer. And let's hear from Aaron Donald. <laughs> we can bring the super team back. Why not run it back? We could be world champions. Yeah! Okay, here's the thing. Um, everybody gets a pass for what they what they say <laughs> at a victory parade. Right. That's that's basically it. Brady last year threw the, nearly threw the trophy in the drink. Okay, we've seen plenty of Rob Gronkowski completely plastered. Remember the Braves? Who was it from the Braves who was off of their uh, double-decker bus and the cop tried to shake him down and didn't realize he was a player for the Braves? <laughs> oh, that's like that's the most baseball thing ever, by the way. Did you see Tom Brady's tweet to Matthew Stafford? What, to throw in some water? Yes. That's because Stafford sounded like this. Aaron Donald comes out and makes a play, two plays in a row, really, to, uh, to get the job done for us. I didn't even know it was fourth down. I feel like a bad player for that, but you know what? At the same time, I'm damn happy to be standing up here with you guys. Hey, barkeep, uh, who's got your water? Yeah, and, and light on the water. Light, light on the water. Okay, let, let's 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 do this. So, Bayer, you don't drink, right? Correct. I just want to. Okay, Ramos doesn't really don't really drink, right? Like I don't drink. A, I don't like beer, but I will have like a margarita or a pina colada, you know, stuff like that. Okay. And Jason, where are you on the imbibing alcohol? I, I think uh, I like to tell people I drink. I just don't overdrink. So you're never going to see me blitzed, but I like to drink. Okay. So Jason, if you win a Super Bowl tomorrow and you can and somebody says, Hey, you can drink anything you want on the victory float, what would you choose? Oh man. I mean that victory float I think is a pacing thing. You, I think you gotta go beer. I mean, the last thing you want to do is go like uh Red Bull and vodka or something and then it will just hit you and you'll be blitzed. I think you gotta pace it out, right? Cold beer? So, so you do cold beer, but the problem with the cold beer. Now, look, there's lots of cold beer guys. The problem with cold beer, cold beer on a hot day is amazing, um, and all those dudes have their shirts off, right? They're all, they're all setting out the flex. The problem with the cold beer is, man, you get full. Like you just sit there, and be like, and you got to pee. Like you're still drinking a bunch of liquid. You got to pee. You're on this float. I'd be more of the mixed drink variety guy. Or something a little that 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 you, you shave off a couple of steps in terms of how many drinks you have to have. Yeah, I, I see that. I see that. Yeah. I think I think the beer thing though is like, I think you want to reach that point where you're 
you're right in that perfect groove of like tipsy, but not drunk. You know, you're going to have to say something at some point to maintain that. I think you'd, you'd go either beer or I mean, red wine seems a little obnoxious, but that was like that. wild. That was wild. Matthew, like Matthew, was- like Matthew could not believe that he was, it was drinking. Crazy. It was crazy how much he was drinking during the parade. I had not drank that much with Matthew or seen Matthew drink that much. Well, since we were at Georgia together. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. He drank a lot of alcohol. Of alcohol. Everybody should just call Matt just to mess with the day. Was it Barstool who uh, posted the, maybe everybody did, but who posted that that picture with Matthew on the boat with those sorority girls back in college? (laughs) I love that picture. I love that picture. I'm sure she does as well. <laughs> I'm sure she does as well. I don't understand uh, why we. I, I, again, I tell this to my wife too. Why we? I mean, he was in college or wherever he was or heights. I don't know. It's like you can't stop your life. Like, what do you? You know what I mean? Like, what you did in high school and stuff. Like, you can't be held against you thirty years down the road when you're married. Like, ah, oh, look at you back in high school. Like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I'm sorry, we weren't married then. What do you want me to do? Stop my life? I don't, right? Should he be, I, I, Suzanne sometimes will say like, you know, oh, well, you know, is that somebody you knew in high school or college? I'm like, yeah, it's exactly, I didn't know you then. Am I supposed to like not, hey, I can't talk to you lady because someday I might get married to some other girl and she won't like it. Like, I don't know how that works. It sh- it should be noted that she did tell Barstool last week that she dated the backup to Stafford at Georgia to make him jealous. So wait, this really happened. That's that was the uh, that was yeah, the conversation. Yeah. Okay. So, I I did they ask that they follow up? I, I I didn't hear the whole thing. I just said read by the dated by by dated. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I, uh, well, that's that was right. That, that was the yeah. That, that's a question. Yeah, it's a question. Because, I mean, the quarterback room would end up being a really weird room, and now every reunion sort of thing would be awkward as well. Like, yeah, I don't know about that one. That 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 one would backfire with me. That would backfire with me. Yeah, yeah I dated your buddy or a guy you were competing with. He wasn't really competing with. Who was the backup quarterback at the time? I got to know names. I got to know details. (laughs) So you're telling me there was no uh, Tony Braxton situation on the Oklahoma State uh, basketball team back in the day? That was Uh, wild. I don't know. Uh, No. 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 There were other situations, but there was not a Tony. Tony Braxton, you guys know the reference? Okay. Uh, The report was... Jason Kidd and Jim Jackson and maybe Jamal Mashburn as well, but I know Jason Kidd and and Jim Jackson reportedly both either dated or were hooking up with Tony Braxton. This is like peak Tony Braxton and that that was all three were on the Mavericks and they were all like in the first couple years of their career. Right? That was it's it's weird. Uh Jason Kidd did the reverse Steve Nash, right? He started out in the Mavericks, then he was traded to the Suns, then he came back to the Mavericks and won a championship. Steve Nash was drafted as Steve as Jason Kidd's backup with the Suns, went to the Mavericks, became an all-star, then came back to the Suns and became a two-time MVP. Did not win a championship. That's right. 
right? But the the bigger point was that the reports were they were both either dating or wooing or somebody was, yeah, it was a it's the old um, what's that love triangle? Is that what it's called? Love triangle? <laughs> yes. The triangle so, that didn't work in the NBA. Yes, yes. The <laughs> basketball triangle. Tex Winter was oh, a part man. of this one. Tex so, Winter was not the architect of the, of that triangle. You know, we've talked about my love of Jimmy Jackson growing up on this show, and I am a big Tony Braxton fan. So there was, you want to talk about conflicts right. for me back then. Man. Well, there was, no conf- there was no conflict. You just didn't like Jason Kidd. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and you couldn't wonder, figure out why Tony wasn't more into, wasn't more into... Uh, Jim Jackson. Everybody idolized Jim Jackson. That dude was a stud. stud still a stud guy as well. Yeah. But Tony- uh, um, anyway, to answer your question, uh, Ramos, yeah, obviously, I, I, they, we're getting the inner workings of the Ramos marriage here where Suzanne still, uh, you know, her her chili, run, her, her chili, <laughs> chili runs hot when John... You know, texts and calls his ex ex No, I don't. He's been that is, that's not. What, I'm just saying that. I don't they slide think, into your Facebook. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I can't. I, when I was like 17 years older, I can't think to myself then, like, some girls, like, you would like to go out. I'm like, you know what? 10 or 15 years now, I could be married, so I'm gonna have to say no. Like, I. How can you do that? How can you think about that when you're, you know, you you're dating somebody when you're like, you can't exactly. It's illogical. So I can't be held responsible. Matt Stafford's having a good time. He's like, you know, oh, look at him there. He's hanging out with women. He's Yeah, he's in college. He's having a good time. God forbid. Black Sports Online said that the backup quarterback was Joe Cox. (laughs) Dead serious. I'm not making up a name. That that was, that was. Get out of here. That's. No way. Yes. (laughs) So she, she uh, went to Matt. After she had too much cocks? <laughs> John. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. I'm just, that's, a, that's a fair question, isn't it? It is a fair question, but not for... Not, didn't like, make the airwaves. Tony Braxton had too much too much kid and went to Jackson. I mean, that's fair. Okay, let's pull it back. <laughs> um, you're not wrong. Uh, you did not violate any FCC guidelines. But, yeah, that was that's hysterical. That is hysterical. Oh, um, have Ramos? Have you ever been to a victory parade? No, I, I I said at the beginning of the show as I've been a fan of the Rams, the Dodgers, the Lakers. The Lakers and Dodgers have have had you know many a parades. Lakers especially never had any inkling to go down there to the parade. Never once. I just watched it on TV, and so that's what I'm saying. It's like maybe there are a lot of fans. I'm not saying that it's com- comparable to the Lakers, but I'm saying maybe there are a lot of fans like me that just like I don't feel like going down there and standing around. I just rather watch it on television. So I'm with you. I, I have no desire to go down there and stand around, and that's just that is not my jam in at at all. That doesn't make you at less all. of a Chargers fan if they won the Super Bowl. You like I love my team, but I just don't feel like hanging out down there. That's all. What I mean. What do you want me to do? No, I'm I'm good. I, it doesn't make you any less of a fan. No, not in not in any way does it make it less of a, less of a fan. Uh, uh, what about you, Jay Stu? Have you, you ever been to a victory parade? You will never catch me there unless someone is paying me to cover one, which that might happen. I, I, I. That's the last place I want to be is around a bunch of sweaty people on a hot day, uh, trying to get my two seconds. 
of uh, Aaron Donald driving by on a bus. That that doesn't interest me at all. Doesn't uh, me 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 either. But the, uh, people do it. What about you, Buyer? Have you been? No, no, have not. I did. I will say this though. Last year, when the Bucks had their celebration in Milwaukee, I did have a an extreme amount of FOMO. Absolutely, I was. I I really did wish that I was uh, there, taking in uh, the festivities. Why? Uh, for them, because it was just it was never realistic. Like I can understand, like for the Lakers. We joked, Doug, when you were uh, on the side of the highway outside of Colorado Springs, but we uh, joked at the start of the show on, I mean, you know, the Lakers filled the Coliseum for their their win over the Magic because the drought was seven years long since their last title. Like that, like, I mean, the the Bucks winning a title, honestly, I never thought would happen in my lifetime. I didn't think that the NBA was set up for it. So because it was so far-fetched and something that I never thought really would happen, um, that was... That's why I felt like I, I missed out. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I, I have ne- I've never had a desire to attend a parade. The the only one that ever I felt like it would be something cool to be a part of was when Cleveland won one. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. because all the things LeBron leaving and coming back down three games to one, the city. You know, you know my one of my favorite sports movies is Major League. Right, and it's it it talked about how long it's been since they won a World Series. All of those things. That was one of those. But I'm not a Cav fan. But I and I had friends that went and said it was amazing. Just people, just people hugging other people. It's not. That's the thing about L. A. There's been so many teams and so many championships that it's just it. It's like an AAU coach. They just put another trophy up on the case, and and we get arrogant because of it, and entitled because of it. I'm speaking because two people on the show are arrogant, entitled Dodger fans <laughs> who, after winning a World Series, complained constantly about well, why do guys, what, how does our offense just go completely silent? Like, it's baseball, dude. That's baseball. 